distance In existence Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics And have a pass and match this Here's how we practice everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. Today we're doing the Bob Newhart Show versus Frasier. Because they're both psychiatrists. Or is Bob Newhart just a psychologist? I think he's just a psychologist. Eh, he's not as good. Well, I like that show much better, so I have to, we're going to start on a point of disagreement. What? Oh, no, that's not a, you know that's not a point of disagreement among us. Um, we... Bob Newhart show we did season two, episode 18, called The Jobless Corps. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Is it? I watched the DVD. I was hoping that some of the episodes have commentary by Bob Newhart, but this one didn't, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, they're both on Hulu, actually. Um, this one and the Frasier episode, so people can watch them if that's your thing. Frasier's also on Netflix, no commercials. Oh, is it shit? I should have watched it there. Um, yeah, Bob Newhart show, finally... We're doing the Bob Newhart show. We talked about it enough on this show. Yeah, it's uh, it's something I think in memory we both loved. I I don't know how you felt about it watching it. I still loved it. Oh, I did too. It's a very jokey show, which I think I forgot about. And I think at first it it uh it's off putting, but then when the jokes are so fast paced and not everyone hits, but the ones that do just make you really laugh really hard. So yeah, that well yeah that's exactly the thing. They don't all land. Some of them are corny, but uh, but yeah, then it's. It's so well written, yeah, and acted. And uh, this, I think, is seventy two, maybe or seventy three, and it it holds up. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> the, I mean, the weak link on the show for me was always Howard, anyway, because he was just he was like the the standard dumb sitcom guy. Yeah, and but in this episode, he wasn't as bad as he could be. No, like other episodes, I think he was worse. Yeah, because he was actually depressed on this one. So yeah, I guess that's part of it. <laughs> And but, they, it was definitely a sign of the times where they're talking about watch my plants and make sure to talk about them. And that, yeah, that seemed like that talk was definitely, to them. Talk to yeah, yeah. Something that that was happening a lot in the seventies, where I guess there's some study done that that helps plants grow. And yeah, it was it turned out to be bullshit. Often. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know. I guess I guess just sound waves themselves help plants grow um but it doesn't have to, you don't have to actually talk to them or anything. No, and even nobody really thought that you had to talk to them in the way they did in this episode but it was still funny and yeah. it was still funny that emily took one day to kill the plants yeah <laughs> but well, anyway that was that little subplot was the weakest part of this episode the best part of this episode if i can say is mr carlin because he's the best part of almost any episode that he happens to be in yeah that well did you say the name of it? The Jobless Corps? Yes. And when I first saw, when you first uh, sent it to me, I misread it as The Jobless Corpse. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a dark episode of Bob <laughs> Newhart's show. There was some darkness in it, though. But, I mean, we'll get to it with Howard Hessman. Yes, Dr. Howard Johnny Hessman. Fever. So the point of it, Bob has a new group where it's a, and this is, just describing the group reminds me of a great joke from the episode where it's, it's a group of people who are depressed because they lost their jobs. So Bob is explaining this to the dentist, whose name was it, Jerry? Jerry. Explain this to Jerry, and Jerry says, "Well, how are you going to get paid? They don't have a job, and then when they don't have, do have a job, they won't be able to. They won't have to go to this group. So it's kind of a self-defeating <laughs> exercise." Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was like, "If you uh, if you keep this up, you might be part of your own group." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, that's a it's a group of people who can't find work. Uh, old man who got fired by his sons. Corny, but no, that was actually funny though. The way it was no a funny idea, but it was executed. I mean, a corny idea was executed funnily. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, overweight guy, kind of dumb. Yeah, that was kind much. of like more fat jokes, but. But it, still, he had funny. The actor was really funny, so that made some of the jokes land more than they would have otherwise. But in addition to his fat joke stuff, he was a salesman who kept changing jobs, which was actually funny. Yeah. Um. What was it? A hairdresser. Hairdresser who. And Howard has been playing a sitcom writer. Yeah. Or just a TV writer in general. TV writer. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Howard, the neighbor, Bob Newhart's neighbor, loses his job, um. So he comes into the group. That's basically the, the gist of it. But then uh. And then Mr. Carlin, of course, like bum rushes the group, and yeah, well, he showed up because he usually he had a standard appointment at that time, and when they called, uh, he did, he never his... believes his service, so yeah. he just came anyway. He thinks his answering service is always wrong, so he didn't believe that they moved his appointment. And then he says, "What? Well, maybe my clothes are ready," <laughs> which was corny but funny. Yeah. And that that actor I I've seen in other things after Bob Newhart show, but uh, oh Jack Riley, uh, not never as funny. He kind of always played the same curmudgeon that I saw. Yeah, yeah, but he does it really well here, and uh, and it was cracking me up how he kept like he's super rich, but and he keeps like talking about all the money he has in his job in this jobless group. Yes, which is also I mean kind of a courting premise, but he did it really well. Yeah, I, I I think they did it rarely enough to make it funny. Like it, it was only like two jokes. Yeah, so it worked, but because the the first meeting that didn't have Howard, it was just mostly Mr. Carlin running the group because he was the one asking all the questions. He was doing the setups for the jokes, and that was really funny. And so then, like like the old man says, I lost my job after working there for thirty years, and he says, "Where'd you work?" And his last name and sons. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that was, and then well, the second time was good too when when Carol comes in and asks anybody if they oh, want yeah. any coffee, and he's like, no thanks, I just ate a big expensive meal for breakfast. <laughs> yes. I think that was especially funny because how it wasn't just a, a subtle thing, it was just blatant. Yeah, there was no, no need. <laughs> but uh, Howard Hessman, that that was a... I really cracked up at that because he, he was a writer who said he'd been working for three months uh, developing a variety show um that the network passed on and and then bob says uh yeah i never thought uh the nazi hour was gonna fly and he said it does without helmets which i thought was hilarious yeah maybe a reference to uh hogan's hogan's heroes oh yeah could be i guess not no probably not it's stretch yeah no it's funnier without that anyway um yeah and then he was working on a new one called that darn pope Anyway, and uh, let's go back a minute. Bob Newhart show has a great opening theme. Yeah, I was watching an episode, a rerun of Newhart the other night, and it was like an earlier one in the run. Uh-huh. And uh, Bob was sitting there watching TV, and it was the Bob Newhart show theme <laughs> song that he was watching. <laughs> that's all kinds of meta. Yeah, since that shows all his dream, so he's dreaming about his own show's theme song. Yeah, it does have a great theme, and it does begin with the hello on the phone. Yeah. 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 Uh, 
call back to his stand-up stuff. Um, and then Bob Newhart himself. Uh, Basset Hound face. Deadpan. Uh, perfect delivery. And uh, this is, I think we've talked about before, one of the great things about... It's a, a sitcom trope, I guess, where there's this the single uh, sane man among craziness. But what makes the single sane man especially funny is because is once in a while he will go crazy and i think he did in this episode where he's buying all the stuff from his <laughs> from the salesman salesman and I, I think when usually he's the he's he he's does everything exactly right and when he's the one doing something a little bit weird makes it so much funnier yeah and yeah this well i mean he kind of he kind of I was going to say he kind of owns every episode, but it is really an ensemble thing. Like, Mr. Carlin's really good. Actually, the whole group was pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't see him, but I remember uh, John Fiedler plays the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Yeah, he plays that that character. That's an awesome character. Um, <clears throat> and then even um, Mrs. Crabapple and Jerry are usually pretty, uh, pretty funny in the episodes. Yeah, they didn't have a lot to do in this one, but no, no, they were just kind of there. Um, but yeah, I, talking about, I, I actually think both Suzanne, Suzanne Plachette's fine, but I think if we're gonna rank them, she'd be pretty, she'd be slightly above, she'd be above Howard, but she'd be at the bottom. Yeah, like, no, I, well, she, yeah, she she doesn't have anything to do really, except, uh, you know, I mean, she's Bob's wife. I mean, that's basically how she's written. So, but she, I I think in in, in a like we sometimes talk about po- politics at the time. It's it's nice that she was working. Yeah, she had a job, although I don't know what it was. I think it's a teacher or something like that. Some, a, not a groundbreaking job, but still. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it was. Um. I I just think it was probably uh, written mostly by males. The show, and they didn't really. I mean, they just thought this was the the main character's wife. That kind of is how she comes across to me for the most part. Right, yeah. Not that she didn't have any lines or anything, but it was all, you know, reacting to Bob mostly. Yeah, yeah. She's Suzanne Plachette's a good actress, but she didn't have a lot to do. Right, exactly. Um, she well, she did have something to do in this one, and and that was uh, wear a really hideous top, which was <laughs> like a weird orange brown color. Oh man, the seventies. Well. It kind of went with their apartment, which was all McDonald's color. Yeah, that's true. It, man, when and I then was... there's like two or three scenes where the, the male characters are wearing ties, and all the ties are terrible. Yeah. And Bob Newhart doesn't know how. Apparently, his dresser doesn't know how to tie a tie because the like the, you know how the, what's the, the back part? The, the no, the knot was fine, but the the back part of the tie was so much longer than the front tie. It just looked ridiculous. Oh, I didn't even notice. In that first scene, yeah, and they're all those fat '70s ties, which I I found at the thrift store the other day, and I they're actually fun to wear, but they're pretty ugly. Do you have to wear ties to work? Yeah. Oh man, fuck that! You should quit, dude. Yeah, I remember uh, as a kid. I think I told you before when we talked about Mary Tyler Moore. As a kid, I wanted to live in either Chicago or Minneapolis, just from the from the uh, opening scenes of the you know, the credit scenes of these two shows. I was like, oh man, those places look so cool. And they still look cool, but I would not want to look, I live in Bob's apartment building. That looks like a terrible apartment building. Yeah, well, the apartment building itself might actually be all right. If you totally remodeled the inside. Yes. Oh, I'm talking about the outside. It has that, 
that 60s, 70s, it was new and really neat then, and now it sucks. Yeah. Well, it's the same with his office building, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that they, like, obviously, this all both of the shows were, like, shot in Hollywood. Um, but it's weird that they actually, like, made them go to the cities to film the, just to film the uh, credit sequence. Yeah, and it looked like Bob was talking to people. <laughs> There's, like, him, him walking next to somebody. I was like, that's neat. Yeah. Bob Newhart has friends that we never meet. It's all Don Rickles in disguise. <laughs> That's all anyone needs. Yeah, the it's it's actually it was actually surprising how well this one held up. And I haven't like I haven't watched a lot of Bob Newhart show episodes recently, but uh but yeah, you could put this one on today it would work. I yeah, they, this I say they definitely could and it would be funnier than half the stuff that's on. More than half. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I guess it depends on how who's playing Bob Newhart's character. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's still on TV. He's on uh, you know, the the worst show on TV. But his I mean, character died on that. Oh, did he? I didn't know. I just remember he won an Emmy, right? His first Emmy for that show. Well, that's nice that he got an Emmy, but it come is. on. Yeah. Why didn't he win for Bob Newhart show? I wonder what was winning at the time. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously it was, you know, it was some kind of legacy win. I mean, right. I don't know. Maybe he did a really great job on it. He's always good, but like, I'm sure it was making up for the past. Well, maybe there's like a specific comedy guest star. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was. Yeah. So that's kind of, there's not going to be many people getting that. No. Yeah. You're not going to get a house. Actually, I don't even know if he's a guest star on Veep or if he's, like, considered part of the cast now. But, oh, I do want to say, I called that on Veep on this show uh, uh, with House getting, or somebody else getting elected president and her being uh, selected as the vice president, which is, is it looks like is how it's going to go down. Yeah, I think I prefer it my way where the show ends. Yeah, well, the showrunner's leaving, right? So Yeah, yeah. But it will be interesting because it's going to have a different dynamic with with House being the president and her being the vice president. Yeah, well, than it, it was with the, the invisible president. So House's character will be more visible. Right, and and it only makes sense for a show called Veep. Like they couldn't. I just don't see how they could sustain it with right with her yeah. being the president. So, um, yeah, that was that was a cool last episode. I thought they brought yeah. uh, Lennon Parham back. I'm I'm looking at uh, the list of who beat Bob Newhart, and some of them are okay. Most oh, for them. Emmys? Yeah, Jack Albertson for Chico and the Man. Uh, really? Tony Randall, Tony Randall for The Odd Couple. She he's not even nominated all these years. I guess it's not. Maybe the show is critically acclaimed, but he wasn't because he's not even. It's, it, there's a bunch of Carol Connors, which yeah, uh, that makes sense. And Red Fox was nominated, but he didn't win. Um, ah, that's a travesty. Yeah, he it, it was. He wasn't even nominated. Too bad. John Ritter was nominated. For what? I don't. I don't think you remember how popular that show was. Oh, for Three's Company. Yeah. But was that on consecutively with? Or, or oh, I don't know how long. I knew this is seventy-seven. Oh yeah, so Bob Newhart show was still on. Yeah. It was like the last couple seasons, I guess, because Bob Newhart show ran until... What about Newhart? Did, was he ever, like, uh, nominated for that? Probably not. 
Yeah, I, it's kind of like he was nominated. He didn't win, but he was nominated uh, quite a few times. Oh, who beat him out for that? Like, I can't even imagine. Robert Guillaume from Benson. I can't say. Michael Robert J. Fox. Guillaume? Oh. Robert Guillaume and Michael J. Fox twice. Oh. Well, all right. Well, he's. I didn't know Richard Mulligan won an Emmy. For soap? For Empty Nest. Ah, oh, come on, man. That show was god-awful. That, that was another legacy one. Should have won for soap. Did you ever see that movie he was in? Uh, Scavenger he did Hunt? win for soap. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. When, I haven't seen it lately, but when I was a kid, it was one of my favorite movies. Same here. Yeah. I, I think it must have been a TV movie. Do you think it was a uh, like a, a TV movie or a, a movie that was... In in theaters and then they showed on TV all the time. Yeah, it was it was definitely in theaters. Like because I remember oh, watching it? Okay. it on like Showtime or something way back <sighs> in the day. Um, yeah, James Coco, that French maid. Anyway, there's, there's a later movie he's in with Paul Servino and Ted Danson. Richard Mulligan. I think he was in it, and it was a really like terrible movie. But I laughed my head off the entire time. I was probably like 13 when it came out. Oh, I wish I remember the name of it. That sounds like it would be a TV movie. It wasn't. Paul Servino was, until Law & Order, was a movie actor. I know. I guess that's true. Uh, Scavenger Hunt was like one of those... It was like trading off of Cannonball Run type movies, I think, yeah. which were a big thing then. Which were, you know, like it's a mad, 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 mad world updated. So the movie I'm thinking of... I didn't. I actually thought this was the name of it, cause I, but I thought this can't be the name of. It. Anyway, it's called a fine mess, and uh, it has to be terrible. But at the time, in 1986, it was so funny I laughed my head off. Ted Danson, Howie Mandel, Richard Mulligan, and Paul Servino, Man. directed by Blake Edwards. Oh well, there you go. I, Blake Edwards stuff doesn't hold up at all. It doesn't. I. Uh, I don't think are you so. Sure. I mean, the, the Pink Panther doesn't. Maybe the Pink Panther. Because I feel like he had a lot of physical comedy in his stuff. But I know something like, uh, well, it wasn't good at the time. He had that one that was famous for the glow-in-the-dark com- condom that was a terrible movie at the time. Yeah, starring John Ritter. Yeah. Um, together. What's that? No, it's all coming together. And then he had the, was it SOB? I can't even remember where uh, Julie Andrews went topless. Yeah. Which was weird. Richard Mulligan also in that. I saw that at the drive-in. Is it worth it? No, it wasn't. But it was part of a double feature, so, you know. Um, I don't remember what the other one on a double feature was. So, no, I guess it really wasn't worth it. Did you ever Richard go to the Mul- drive-in? Did they still have drive-ins when you were uh, coming they up? Was, I don't know if we ever... I, I think we went, and I barely remember it. It was There was one, and it closed when I was in, very young. But I did go to the drive-in when I moved to California. I went quite a few times. It was fun. Yeah, there's still a couple left out here. Um, yeah, that one closed up. Oh, did it? Yeah, there's, I mean, there are scattered drive-ins around the country, but I mean, it's really not the best way to see a movie with that tinny metal speaker. It's No, window. but it, it is fun. It's like, I, I went to the one in Ventura, and I, like, I think I, I went a couple times. I went a couple times by myself. I just brought a pizza with me and sat there and watched two movies, and every single time it was two movies, and every single time one movie was really, really good, and one movie sucked. Yeah. They, it was weird. Like, they didn't even try for any kind of thematic thing no. in the movies. It was just, yeah, here's two, <laughs> two fucking movies, movies. That are out of the theaters for about, like, a month. Like, so two older movies that you can come see. 
Yeah, I remember seeing Greece at the drive-in. Uh, and once again, I can't... Oh, I think it was like... I think it was matched with Foul Play, which was actually a pretty good double feature, I think. I know there was a... Th- when I was a kid, and maybe I got the story wrong, but I was told, or I... Maybe I misconstrued the fact that there was a drive-in theater in in the area that just showed porn. But thinking about it now, and I, I've thought of that as truth forever, but thinking about it now, that can't be true. No. Just driving by and you've seen the porn? I can't, there's no way that was true, but I believed it. In Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't see it. State where they still have, like, state-run liquor stores and shit? They're trying to get rid of them. Well, they should. I mean, that's ridiculous. The Republicans want to get rid of them. Democrats don't. Really? Yeah, well, it's, it's all convoluted. It sounds like it, but yeah, that that whole I mean, there's still there are places with dry counties and shit. I, I don't get it, man. I don't think there's any in Pennsylvania. No, no, not in Pennsylvania, but like in the south yeah. or or like maybe not even I well, I think they still do have some dry counties, but they also have places where like they won't sell liquor on Sundays and it's all weird, man. Oh, I don't think we can get liquor on Sundays here. Really? Yeah, I don't think the state stores are open on Sundays. That's the only place you can get hard liquor is state stores. They're starting the. I think they've they've made it so you can buy beer at places other than the beer distributors. You can buy them at supermarkets now. You used to not be able to do that, but I don't even know if you can do that on Sundays. That seems like a gross violation of uh, separation of church and state because there's really no other reason for not doing it on Sundays. I don't. Yeah, I guess. But, I don't even know. I mean, nowadays what what the reasoning is and then the supermarkets that sell alcohol they can only you can only buy it from one place you can't bring it to a regular checkout oh it's like like the service counter you have to buy it at or something yeah there's just like the this is this is the beer counter dude what the hell well i mean on the other hand i guess you don't want that many pennsylvanians drinking (laughs) i don't think you want that many of any state drinking no i'm i'm wondering uh when uh, marijuana is going to be legalized, like I think that'll be a state by state thing. I don't think that's ever going to be across the board. No, I, I, yeah, I don't think there's there's no Supreme Court decision that can make that happen. That I that I know of. No, yeah, I, that's like they have like the, but even when it's state by state, the the feds still still go in and try to break it, uh, shut them down. I, I mean, I guess that under Obama it hasn't happened as much, but it's still happening. It, it happened here under Obama. It was really disappointing uh, he sent the feds into oaksterdam here in <laughs> oakland um well first of all it's funny it's called oaksterdam but even funnier is that you said he like he specifically made the phone call well i from what i heard it was his call to send the feds in but you know yeah. i don't i don't know how true that is but it, it's bizarre i mean you know the dude has has used it and alcohol and and probably knows how safe it is um but you know i i thought it was interesting in that mark Marin thing everybody you know made a big deal about the n-word which was ridiculous it was used in context and everything but uh but he basically said he grew up without religion which i i saw as kind of a little uh admission that he was atheist but uh, obama I don't. I don't necessarily think that's an admission of atheism. It's just it might be an admission of not having a specific religion. Yeah, could be. And uh, he's definitely a part of that a church after, and maybe that's just for political reasons. But I don't. I don't necessarily 
believe that for sure. I, I mean, it seems like it's for political reasons to me. He, he, I don't know. I mean, who knows? You know, there's all this speculation that he's atheist. Um, I can't read the guy's mind. There's also speculation that he's gay. There's also speculation that he's from another country. So any speculation that's not from his, his mouth, I don't believe. Well, yeah. I mean, the speculation that he's gay is just from haters. Um, I think the speculation that he's atheist has a little more weight behind it. Just, But it's also from haters and supporters. So Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, speculation that he's a communist, and I think you and I both agree he's not. No, socialist, yeah. He's a socialist, not a communist. <laughs> Sorry. I, he's not a socialist either. People don't even know what socialism means. Um, yeah, anyway, Bob Newhart. Not Obama. Bob Newhart, also not a socialist, as far nope. as I can tell. But he was... I keep bringing up watching Newhart, because I fucking watch it every night on the reruns. Um, in this one, he talked about playing drums and trying out for the Buddy Rich Orchestra, and then there was a Newhart episode where he was getting his college jazz band together, and he played drums. So <laughs> I assume Bob Newhart actually played drums, and that was yeah. like a thing they incorporated. That was a really funny story, too, with Buddy Rich saying, you suck. Yeah, you stink. And he had the fastest wrists in Chicago or something. I couldn't remember. Yeah, the what he said. fastest, fast. Well, this was in in Korea. He had the fastest, fastest wrist below the thirtieth parallel. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, because he was in the army band. <laughs> I like how he went out of his way to like say what unit he was in. He was like in the support battalion. Blah blah blah. I played drums <laughs> in the band. <laughs> Which I should have done with my time in the army. Jesus, what a sweet gig that would be. I think maybe they got rid of the band by the time you were in the army. No, they still had it. I could have signed up for, for a band. I mean, it's, I could have done that if I'd wanted. Really? Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sure why you didn't. I, I'm not sure either. I remember I, the, like when I went in, because uh, I didn't know what, jack shit about the military or anything when I joined. Um my dad was like, you should join the Air Force. I was like, what's the difference? It's all the same. <laughs> the Army's the one you hear about the most, so that's what I'll join. Um, but, the, like, I was, they were like, what kind of job would you like? I was like, oh, I think interpreter would be cool. And they were like, well, do you have any debt? Because that can be a problem because there's, like, a high security clearance. I was like, yeah, I have debt. But it was, like, a thing where they're like, if you have debt, somebody can use that to blackmail you. Wait, what kind of debt did you have? Didn't you go in when you were 18? No, I went in when I was 23. I had oh. I had a hospital debt from my son being born. I um, thought you went in right after high school. No. I, you, hell you, no. I, I only went in because I had a kid. There's no way I would have joined them. Why well, thought you had volition. a kid right out of high school? I don't know. Kind of. <laughs> but uh, is that debt gone? Oh, yeah, man. You know, that shit gets wiped off after 10 years anyway. I think I just well, waited it out. Well, why don't you join back up? I think you'd be a good interpreter. I could. I could. If I joined back up, I could uh, retire in 15. No, 16. That's eh, not worth it. <laughs> they wouldn't. I don't think they. I'm too old to get back in anyway. Interpret this motherfucker. Um. Yeah. Bob Newhart is a good. Uh, it's a good episode. Yeah, it was. It was funny. Uh, it's. I think maybe we should have done two episodes. One, because there's not much to talk about when you just do one. But two, because it's so much fun watching this show. Yeah, but then we also would have had to do two episodes of Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've... Which I don't know that I could have done. Although, I mean, we'll talk about Frasier. And actually, we you want to just take a break and we'll 
Come yeah, back. sounds good. Okay, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great harassing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Bram Stoker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the start, it's gonna take some back with Frasier. What was the name of this episode? Uh, uh, Look Before You Leap. So it was a Leap Show episode, a Leap Show Leap Day episode, which I thought was, I had never heard of that kind of thing, but a couple of years ago, 30 Rock, or a couple of years ago, last Leap Year, 30 Rock did one, a Modern Family did one, and I thought that was remarkable. I thought, oh man, shows have never done this before, but apparently I was wrong. Yep, Frasier. Once again, Trailblazer. <laughs> I... I, I just wanted to pick out an episode that you wouldn't hate. And the only episode I remembered like being funny, I knew you would hate because it was a total farce. It was there at the ski lodge and um, everyone wants to be in love with everyone else. I don't know if you've ever seen it. And I've it's funny, it. but it's not the kind of funny that you, it's specifically what you dislike. So I didn't want to watch that one. And I just didn't know what to pick. And this got high review, high ratings from the AV club. But I, I, I mean, I don't hate Frasier as much as you. But I, I didn't like this episode that much. I have to think there's better episodes than this. Season 3, episode 16. Well, there was... The whole thing was... Well, I know why they picked it, and because there was a funny scene in it, but the rest of it was just... It was really weird to watch because you talk about the Bob Newhart show being jokey. This one is all, like, snappy comebacks and wisecracks, and most of them you see coming, like, 30 seconds before the punchline arrives. It's almost, it's so broad, it's almost like a stage play. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, I could and see I, why it would work if you're in the audience. Mm-hmm. But even this episode, even though it didn't have the big misunderstanding, still made me uncomfortable. I think it's because it's like, the thing that makes me uncomfortable about the misunderstandings on the show and this episode is that a lot of the humor is about humiliation. It's A, a character is humiliated. Right, yeah. And it really, like, makes me feel uncomfortable. I think I'm uncomfortable a lot of the time with that kind of thing, but not all the time. Like, Kirby Enthusiasm has a lot of that, and I don't mind that. Yeah, well, that's also much funnier. Right, yeah. But the humiliation in this episode was specifically a guy who deserved it. So when Frazier gets humiliated, nobody really cares. And that was a, I thought that was a funny scene. No, that was true, although everybody else kind of got humiliated as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his humiliation was to come up and well that was that was the funny scene <laughs> because he has to sing. Uh, uh, all right, let's go into this convoluted uh, plot. So it's it's leap day, and, and he he wants everyone to take advantage of this extra day when he realizes it's the leap day. Yeah, so he ha- he tells everybody they should they should do something they wouldn't normally do. He tells his dad to go uh, fly to Montana to visit his uh, buddy whose birthday is is that day, and uh, tells Daphne to go get her new haircut. Uh, but the stupid thing is, like, the, there's one... I, I don't agree with you that they're all, they're all humiliating, because a couple of them are stupid. 
Roz is meeting the uh, guy. Roz meets a guy on a on a bus, and Fraser pushes her to on the radio show, ask him to show up at the station so they can get better acquainted. And it turns out he's married, and that is humiliating for her. And that was that was actually genuinely it worked in the context of what the, the show was trying to do, like forcing her to do something outside of her her like comfort zone, comfort zone, and it it backfires. Yeah, but the other two. Fraser's dad gets in a plane accident. That's so stupid. That's not a thing to do with going outside of his comfort zone. It's just a freak occurrence. And the haircut not working out just was ridiculous. It wasn't, it didn't make any sense. It didn't because I don't know about you. When I go into the barber shop, I tell them how to cut my hair. I don't say, just do whatever the fuck you want. And yeah, so that was dumb. Yeah. No, well, and the Roz thing worked too because, uh, she started beating the shit out of the guy with yeah. the flowers he brought. So, you know, it, she got she got back at him, which was fine. Um, I thought that would be a little bit funnier than it was. I, I knew what was coming, but when they were showing the scene with, like, Fraser's talking and glowing on about how great he is, and uh, Roz is in the background talking to the guy, I thought it was going to be more of a, like, we see her beating him up as he talks and it was, it kind of took too long to get to that point. So it wasn't as funny as I was expecting. No. And th- I mean, that's like a, a running gag they do on that show anyway, with somebody outside the booth in the glass and you see him doing uh, oh, I behind didn't the glass. Be- yeah. You see him doing some crazy, uh, shenanigans, but I, I don't watch. I haven't watched all the episodes of the show. And I think the episodes I've watched and enjoy, I think I, I think when I think about the show, I think it's better than it is when I watch it. I like the idea of Frasier better than the actual execution of Frasier. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while they, they'll get off a clever gag or something, but for the most part, it's, it's very standard sitcom. Like the, after a while watching it, I'm just like, well, it's, it's all just writing. I just can see the writing too much because like I said, it's always, everybody's got a snappy comeback and that's, that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the humor comes from. Um, but people don't talk like that in real life, you know? And it kind of reminds me in it's a little bit of family guy where they rely on a reference for a joke instead of an actual joke. Like they, instead of referencing pop culture from the eighties, Frasier references opera or <clears throat> literature. Yeah, yeah. And that's the joke, like, Frazier's talking about. I don't... <coughs> excuse me. As I, some opera that I don't even know. He's seeing the aria from. And that is the joke instead of an actual joke. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was Frazier's thing. He was going to sing a song at the uh, at the PBS Pledge Drive, and he'd been singing the same song for three years, so he decided to do this difficult aria. Um, and then at the last minute, he cha- after seeing how everybody else's leap day... Stuff has gone wrong. He decides to sing the old song, um, and then he fucks it up. But that and that was the funny part of it. Oh, uh, well, even before he starts the song, he uh, Kelsey Grammer is pretty funny. Where <clears throat> the camera turns on, right before the camera turns on, he's he's screaming angrily, and as the camera turns on, he says, "Nobody watches PBS." Yeah, who watches PBS anyway? <laughs> Which was, first of all, his anger was really funny, and then hit the the smooth transition into turning that into a sales pitch was awesome. So that was pretty funny. No, that was good. Uh, that's another kind of thing that makes me uncomfortable too, though. Just somebody, <laughs> you know, saying that kind of shit on air, it always makes me cringe. Yeah. Well, that's something uh, on Veep. I'm always on the edge of discomfort because they're always talking so openly, <laughs> like really nastily. I'm like, somebody's going to walk in and hear this whole thing. Yeah. So but, I'm always on the edge of discomfort on that show, but it's not the same thing, but it, you yeah. Know what I'm about. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
but the song when he goes to sing the song and fucks it up, that was the funny part of the episode. That, I'm yeah. sure that's why the AV Club picked it. Well, let's but... all go to a taco show. That was one li- line I remembered when he's just trying to make up words because he can't remember anything. The AV Club review was, I think, a bunch of sitcoms that have singing in it. But they also, in the review for this, they said it was the best episode of Frasier. Well, that's that's too bad. If it is. I don't I don't think it is. Man, Frasier was on a long time. Much longer than Bob Newhart's show. 11 seasons. Damn. I wonder if that's longer than Cheers. It's probably about the same. Yeah. I like Cheers better than Frasier. I know you, you're not a huge fan of Cheers, but I... I just think it has it has the same kind of jokiness to it, but I think it does it better. Yeah, it's fine. Um, and I would say a better a better ensemble cast. Yes. Cheers for yeah. sure. Although I I don't think they could have done a better job finding someone to look like Kelsey Grammer's brother. No, they no definitely. I mean, I think that people remarked on that a lot. Um, although he he's a good actor, but he seems kind of like a Broadway actor, a stage actor. Right. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce. Um, mm-hmm. Very mannered. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, which really stuck out to me on a couple of his line readings on this, on this episode. So, uh, 11 seasons for Cheers, 11 seasons for Frasier. Oh, so you got 22 seasons of Frasier. Well, not quite. No, he, he came did, in later. Yeah. But probably at least 20, 20 seasons of that character. That's gotta be a, for a live-action sitcom, that's got to be a record. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and then, I mean, John Mahoney's fine, but, you know, it's there's not a lot there. Yeah, He's I mean... Just a the, grizzled old dude. The dog is good, too. There's a little too much reliance on the dog for <laughs> jokes. <laughs> and then... What's her name? Jane leaves. You know, again, she's fine. They're all fine, but I think Kelsey Grammer um, definitely has the meatiest role, and he does a good job with it. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's not my kind of humor. It, Me neither, but I do see why people liked it so much. Yeah, no, I do. T- I mean, it's not like Coach or Wings or something. I can right. see why people enjoyed this. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just not my thing. Oh, speaking of wings and things that are not quite as enjoyable as they should be, uh, did you watch any of the new Josh Gad, Billy Crystal sitcom? Dude, I have to say, it's hard for me to think of a comedian I find more distasteful than Billy Crystal. Yeah, well, he he's not what's at fault with it. It's actually somewhat funny, and then they decided to use Stephen Weber. Is that the guy from yeah, Wings? Yeah, Wings, yeah. He plays... Like they want to bring on a new director to the, this new show that Josh Gad and Billy Crystal. It's a it's a mockumentary kind of show. They're playing them a, a outrageous versions of themselves. And uh, there's director Jamie that Billy Crystal used to work with was played by Stephen Weber and he loved him back in the day and he hasn't worked in a long time and they want to bring him back and he comes back. Well, she comes back because it turns out that uh, Stephen Weber plays a, trans, a transgender character. And uh, well, that's timely. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to, yeah, yeah. So that's the first couple episodes of that, and that's what they're working jokes off of. And Stephen Weber's fine in the role, and they really didn't do any transphobic humor, but it still still rang not really funny to me. Yeah, I, I, I just can't even deal with Billy Crystal anymore. 
but um, the first episode it hasn't been as much lately. But the first episode, had, there were the Billy Crystal playing Billy Crystal was making fun of himself. So I, I respect that, and it was kind of funny. But yeah, there's a lot you wouldn't like it because there is a lot of Billy Crystal actually doing his kind of humor. Yeah, his throwback Borscht Belt stuff. But the the Josh Gad is I really think he's funny, and he is really funny in this show playing a a really self conscious ner- nervous version of himself that has to deal with with Billy Crystal and there's the first episode has a meeting between the two of them and they can't stand each other and it's really funny. Maybe I'll check out the first episode. It's not worth checking out. I mean, okay. you, it's worth checking out just to see Josh, but it's not that good. I'm a little disappointed because Larry Charles is a big part of the show. I'll probably watch. I mean, I guess it's worth checking out, but I don't want to, I would not give a recommendation for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frazier, man the 90s it's very yeah, very 90s show it is well is it is it ran such a long time i guess it went past the 90s all yeah, the way I guess to it... 2000s uh the good old days of the early 2000s it's unfortunate uh john mahoney died uh, that's why we had to cancel the show i didn't know that yeah. how did he die 9-11 ah that's right He's a pilot. Yeah. R.I.P. Anyway, yeah, I don't have, I don't have a lot to say about Frasier. Um, no, me neither. I haven't already said. I mean, everybody's seen Frasier, so you can't really avoid it. Yeah, it was. I don't know if it's on TV anymore, but it used to be like constantly on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you if you if you've been alive, you know, since 1990, you couldn't have avoided it. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's just not my thing. It's fine for what it is. I can't. I definitely couldn't watch more than one episode because I'd be cringing the whole time. I think maybe there's there is a better episode. Just I don't know if it is better. I seem to remember one where his son was in a spelling bee being a funny episode because BB Newworth was on it too, and she's she's a funny actress, and I think all, it all combined to be funny. Oh yeah, his son was kind of a little snot though. Was he? If I remember, I, that's, yeah. that's the part I don't remember. But, I mean, what would you expect with those two as his parents? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are there are funny episodes. Like, the writers are, you know, at least uh, educated, even if they most of the time go for kind of obvious jokes, you know. Right, yeah. Um, I, I know, I'm trying to think of what the TV landscape was like back then. It was probably better than most shows, most sitcoms that were on the air. Well, it's 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 going up against... Seinfeld, so it's oh. not better than that. Yeah, no, definitely not. Wait, but no, yeah, yeah, it didn't go up against. I think they were on different nights, right? But because they were oh, on the I same mean, network, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, at the same time, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Veronica's closet. <laughs> what is that? Isn't that isn't that a store? No, that's for Victoria's Secret. Uh, oh, it was basically a ripoff. It was Kirstie Alley. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh uh, man, so. Yeah, Frasier won every year. Not every year, but it won a lot of years. For best sitcom? Yeah. Yeah, there's so, nothing else. Oh, so there. once Frasier came on, it's just one. Because Seinfeld won in 93, and then Frasier, 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 and then Alec McBeal, and then in the 2000s hit. Oh, uh, Alec McBeal, Jesus. 2000s hit, and you got Will, Will and Grace and Sex and the City winning. Frasier never won again. Didn't. Yeah, that was another one. Will and Grace. Not good. 
So oh, it's not. I've never seen it. Sex in the City, not good. Wow, Modern Family's won the best best sitcom every single year of its existence. Yeah, that's not right. There's too many. There's too many good shows now on cable and stuff for that to keep winning. Um, I don't know what it, what it went up. I guess Veep should have won, but Veep should win. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Well, Louis, Brooklyn Nine Nine wasn't even nominated. Yeah. For last year, but it was Modern Family versus Big Bang Theory, Louis, Orange is the New Black, Silicon Valley, and Veep. Orange is the New Black is not a sitcom. <laughs> well, what do they call it? Um, a dramedy? No, I'm trying to see what they call this category. I don't even know. Oh, Outstanding Comedy Series. Yeah, it's not a comedy series anyway. Anyway, Frasier won a bunch, so it was very popular. I'm looking at what it's up against. I don't, except for Seinfeld should have won every year. Yeah, Seinfeld should have won. Oh, Larry Sanders Sanders show should have won. Yeah. Because Seinfeld only won in 93, like that was early days. Like it it got way better. Right. Well, this, it won the one year Frazier didn't exist. Uh, The year that, that was, 93 was Cheers' last year. And next year Frazier won a bunch of times. It's weird, man. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not me. I don't vote. Mad about you never won. Thank God. It was nominated. Yeah, there was nothing on, dude. There, it was a it was a pretty sad time. That Alan McBeal won. What's that? Alan McBeal. Third Rock from the Sun. Nominated never won. See Alan McBeal, another one. It's not it's not a comedy. No. Well that's that not was intentionally. No, that was intentional. That I mean that had comedy. It was a comedy drama. It had com- comedic aspects. It was intentional comedic aspects, but it was not my comedy comedy. Yeah, no, me either. Yeah. It was, anyway, Frasier. The comedy in Allie McBeal was like, is she gonna blow away when somebody walks past her at a brisk pace? Yeah, Frasier. Yeah, whatever. Everybody knows it. You don't. You don't need our opinion. You like it or you don't. I can't imagine it's like the type of show you wanna. You want to watch or own on DVD or something, you know? But you can go to Amazon and find out. Yeah, probably like uh, $17.99, I'm going to guess, for a season. Maybe less. Recommendations, Asians, 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 Oh, we there? All right. Uh, I, I'm i going to recommend, so uh, I've seen it before, but we saw it in the theater um, this weekend because they re-released it um, just for like a week. Um in a with a new 4K transfer, The Third Man. Oh, neat! Which has to be one of the best films of all time. Like I liked it even more seeing it this time. I hadn't seen it for a while, but uh, man, it's pretty. It's really fucking modern. Like just the the storytelling style and the the cinematography is awesome. It's got to that's got to be like one of the ones up there with Citizen Kane, where they show you, oh, this is how you this is how you use a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol Reed, director, based on the Graham Greene, or written by Graham Greene. I don't know if it was a novel beforehand or not. Um, but, yeah, man, it was, it really holds up. Um, and uh, the acting's great, of course. You have Joseph Cotton, Orson Welles. There's kind of a mystery, although I think most people who've heard of it already kind of know the, the reveal that comes, you know, halfway through the movie. But it's still a good reveal. And, yeah, it was just... It was just great, and the the new transfer looks good. So I think it's playing, you know, for a few more days. Although by the time this comes out, it'll be gone. But for you, you should you should check it out if if it's playing near you. 
It's a great theme too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great music. Yeah. The zither music. Um, by uh, Andropolis Clunacopius. Oh, nice. Yeah. You knew that off the top of your head? Because mm-hmm. I made it up. Yeah. Oh, and the cuckoo speech. Yeah, the cuckoo, yeah, which was apparently improvised. Really? Or made up by Orson Welles, like it wasn't in the script. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it for a while, you should check it out. Third Man. It's my recommendation. What do you got? Um, I think... I've just found this podcast, and I'll recommend it. it. I've only listened to a couple episodes, but the ones I listened to have been fun. It's called the the Kevin Pollock Chat Show, and I I thought I wouldn't like it because Kevin Pollock kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, he's but, he's annoying. Yeah, but he does a good job of, of bringing out the best in his in the and list the guests I've listened to. He had I listened to two episodes specifically from they're both from a while ago. One had Dick Van Dyke, who it was just awesome to hear him on on a podcast of any sort, and it was a, just listening to that episode as, as a recommendation because it was a lot of fun to listen to. And the other was Jenny Slate, who was also good. And I think in the beginning, it seemed she was a little cold. Like she wasn't, I, I don't know if he was asking the wrong questions or what, but by the end of the, the interview, it was, they, they had a rapport going that was enjoyable. And Jenny Slate's awesome. So yeah, yeah. the weed probably kicked in. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I've so. listened to uh, like, I've listened to it. It's really long. It's like yeah. two hours long. It's got Sam Levine on it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't subscribe. I just like listen to episodes with people I want to hear talk. I think that's probably what I would do. Although I, I, I feel like maybe there's some people I, I'm not especially interested in that he would get good stuff out of, but I would have to go out on a limb to do that. But I, I mean, I specifically sought out that I saw that Dick Van Dyke was on. I was like, Oh, neat. So I listened to that one and then Jenny Slate. So yeah, that's, it's, it's pretty good. It's worth checking out at least. Oh, I guess yeah, there's a new. I also recommend a comic book. It's, I'll recommend it even though it's brand new. It looks like it's going to be awesome. It's, it's from Brian K. Vaughan. I forgot the artist. Um, let me get the exact name. It's about uh, Canada goes to war with the United States in like hundreds of years from now. And first issue was really really cool. It had great art. And uh, yeah, we stand on guard. It's a limited series. Steve Croce is the artist, so I've not seen anywhere else his art anywhere else. But it has killer robots and fun story, so worth worth getting. And also, Andropolis Kunakopoulos does the score for that comic book. Right, and letters. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do our thing. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com if you have ideas for stuff you'd like us to talk about. If you'd like to be on the show, if you just want to say hi, or if you uh, want to say goodbye, uh, rate us highly on iTunes, super highly, give us eight stars. And yeah, we've had some people giving us one stars for some reason, not writing their reasons. Like if you're going to give us one star, you got to give us a reason. So we can make fun of that reason. Yeah. Because you're probably idiots. Some yeah. Right wing dickhead. Well, I'm sure people dislike us for other bad reasons. Or maybe they dislike us for good reasons, but... But tell us what they are. Yeah. And uh, like us on Facebook. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Because we love you. Pat does. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it. We don't, we're not quite sure what we're doing next week, but uh, we'll figure it out. So, till next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>